Gray Fox. Praise games. Hello and welcome to Grey Fox Plays Games, a video games podcast where friends talk about video games, what they love, what they hate, and that sweet, sweet fandom in between. We are on iTunes, we are on Spotify, but we're not. Hemming, we're not on Stitcher anymore. What? They closed it down. Oh. I know, it should have a Viking funeral. Anyway, the voice you heard there, that lovely, lovely oh, noise, <laughs> is our Platt Hemming, as I like to call him, Mr. Alex Hemming, a lemming plays. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. How are you? You know what? I'm doing great. Following your excellent Boko content uh, that we dropped last week, Thank I you. thought, you know what? Let's sit down with Hemming. Let's talk. Let's talk Hemming. It's like tea with the Reverend. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to take just, that. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, let's just sit down one on one and talk about video game stuff. Why not? Because it, it's also holiday season, and Mikey is actually ironically holidaying in the UK, and Moles is holidaying outside the uk but they're on their holly bobs um so we thought you know we'll still keep the keep the good vibes going but um it's just gonna be us two on this particular occasion so sit back pour yourself whatever ails you and let's talk video games my friend what have you been watching playing and reading of your culture like that oh well in terms of uh watching the reason that you said that mikey was on holiday over here in the uk the reason he was here uh the weekend we had a, a lovely weekend of wrestling we uh went to wembley stadium to go see AEW All In, 81,000 people crammed into a stadium and uh, had a lovely old time. I tell you what, the atmosphere was fantastic. The uh, beers were horribly overpriced, but had a lovely old time. So, with so by the way, I saw some photos of it. You guys looked so happy. <laughs> and also, it took over social media for a bit. It also it took did, over yeah. London. Um, I saw lots of buses with it advertised on. And I was like, that's pretty dope, man. Like, this is, this is awesome. Um, now, forgive me, mm. because I watched wrestling up until a certain point. No shame on any adults that do, by the way. I'm a man that drinks squash. So what can <laughs> I say about childish things? But <laughs> what is AEW mm. and who from the glory years is still there or are they all okay. dead? <laughs> well, most of them are, are, are sadly no longer with us. Um, you don't see so, many grey hair ones, do no, you? That's true. <laughs> you take a steel chair to the face all the time. You ain't going to be walking around much. In your Luckily, stomach. they don't do that so much anymore, so they are lasting a bit longer nowadays. Uh, so AEW is All Elite Wrestling, which was a competitor that was created, I think, four years ago now, and nice. uh, started out by a couple of uh, big indie names, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, and Cody Rhodes, who was ex-WWE ah. guy. Was his dad? His dad was Dusty Rhodes, who is... It was, it was uh, uh, Stardust. So Stardust. Cody Rhodes was Stardust, and his Amazing. brother is Goldust. Ah, Back was in it. the day that you may remember. And his dad was Dusty <laughs> Rhodes, the son of a plumber, the American dream. Um, they made this company with a billionaire owner, Tony Khan, who also owns Fulham Football Club. And, yeah. We're not Barcelona. <laughs> We're not Real Madrid. We are full of. Oh my God, that song. Uh, the Michael Jackson statue, the glory days. Um, Why don't they host events in the stadium? Well, I mean, all right, fair enough. You go to Wembley, right? That you want was to the crowds, thing. You go to Everybody thought that when they did their UK show, because this was their first ever show in the UK, that they were going to do it at Craven Cottage. And they went, yeah, we're going to do a stadium show. Fucking Wembley. And wow. it was the biggest show in terms of sales, tickets sold of any wrestling Carl event. Be proud of that crowd attendance. Yeah, any wrestling event ever, bigger than any WWE event, technically speaking, in terms of tickets sold. Which is a how long huge was this? You said you were there like all day. Like how long was this event for? Yeah, so it started at about half four and then finished at just after ten. So Man. yeah, five and a, a bit hours. Yeah. But it was fantastic event. People who were there that were from back in the glory days. So the main one that you probably remember, uh, Chris Jericho, he's there. Yeah, still going strong. He sang live with Fozzy, which yes. is uh, fantastic. And uh, Sting is there from off of WCW. And the police. Not, sadly, they didn't turn up. Um, <laughs> he is sixty-four years old, and he is still Holy jumping crap. off stuff and through tables like nobody's business. He is amazing, and he came out to Seek and Destroy by Metallica, which was just the best. Holy crap. 
That sounds amazing. So I'm next year, jealous. Next year, they're coming back. Jake the Snake? Uh, he is actually part of the company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't turn up this time, but he's a manager for a guy there. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. All right. All right. Awesome. So, so stop making me jealous of what you've been Sorry. watching. Make me what jealous of what playing? you've been playing. Um, well, I got for my birthday a game that I'd really been wanting to play for a while uh, called Tunic. So mm. this is a little fox that is unashamedly a Zelda uh, inspired by the old Zeldas. And as you said, my little bonus content thing, I quite like the old Zeldas, quite enjoy them. Um, but the thing that I'm loving so much about this game is it does not hold your hand in any way, shape or form. And it's constantly surprising me. So throughout the game, it starts off and it's just sort of Zelda-like dungeon crawler. You make your way through, you beat up the bosses with your little sword, collect the items, put them into a thing to unlock the new area. Um, And then as it goes on, you start picking up these little white glowing objects that you find around the world that are pieces of an old video game manual for Tunic, but in a weird sort of foreign language. And as you pick them up, it'll show a little glimpse of something that you didn't know about. So it'll pop up and it'll just say, press and hold X for a few seconds and something will happen. And you're like, hold on, wait a minute. And then you can backtrack to things you've seen previously and activate things and open up whole new areas. And it just keeps revealing new things through these pages that you pick up that it's just so clever to the point where I'm nearly at the end now but about halfway through, it goes from being this Zelda-like hack-and-slash action RPG to... Did you ever play Fez back in the day? Uh, so it, No. No, if not, Sorry. it was a puzzle game. So basically, you'd walk into an area, and it was very simplistic, walking across into a new zone, and there'd be some weird logical puzzle that you need to solve. And suddenly, this game has just turned into... Everywhere that you've been throughout the entire game... There's these little hidden puzzles in the background, in the world. Solve them. Figure them out. And I've, it's just blown my mind. And I'm like, holy, every time I find something new, I am loving it. So, yeah. The game the game sounds familiar, but the Fez doesn't. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> I don't blame you. It's all good. <laughs> so that is what I have primarily been playing, and I highly recommend it. If you enjoy your hack and slashes and you enjoy a good puzzle, Nice. This is really good. Really right, good. See, Heming, you're always, you're always surfacing up the stuff that isn't the obvious stuff. Mm. Like that, I like mate. Good spunk. So, uh, in terms of watching, <laughs> I've um, there's a there's a TV show on Apple TV called Silo. Um, it's based on a series of books called The Wall Trilogy. Um, I read the books a long time ago. Um, I used to, in the before times, I used to take a train a lot to work and I used to do a lot of reading um, to pass the time. And this was a trilogy of books that I really enjoyed. When I heard that they were going to do a TV show adaptation, I was sold off of the off the first inclination of it. And I started binge watching that over the last few days because season one, I went to wait till the finale dropped and then binge it. Um, the general concept is it's the future. Something's happened in the world and everyone is living in a giant silo and it's about the internal politics there's something going on about the history as to why everyone's living in this massive silo and uh it always refers to the before times and basically it follows someone who i don't want to spoil it but someone who goes through the law enforcement part of maintaining this silo and um it's fantastic but i will say it is basically fallout uh it's basically the 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 tutorial fallout (laughs) how eventually you'll leave the leave the silo one might think um but uh, yeah it's really it's enjoyable um what was that on on that front it's on apple tv apple tv TV plus i I I don't have (laughs) so i'll I'll sort you out a login um so i should say i will officially sort one out in case anyone legally watch it but uh, through the uh, the proper beans yeah absolutely absolutely but with apple tv they've probably got about three or four like decent shows so slow horses uh, is great michael was talking about that not too long ago ted lasso if you've not watched that it's just a big hug of a tv show like it's just great um severance great show i don't really like it but a lot of people do like it c with jason momoa aquaman might as well be called shirtless man 
keeps taking his shirt off a lot. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and this new one, um, Silo, uh, seems great. And so yes, it's one of those things where if you're if you're being clever with your subscriptions and you've not seen any Apple TV stuff, maybe rotate on for 30 days and get your binging because there's some pretty good stuff on there. Um, right. In terms of playing, I have had so much goddamn FOMO with all of this bloody Starfield stuff. And we talked about it on the last pod because Molesy kept bringing it up and then every night we kept talking about it. Uh, so I went and bought for the second time No Man's Sky. Now, e. I bought No Man's Sky on day of release. Um for a number of reasons. One was because I got suckered in with all the advertising, um, you know, for the uninitiated. Back in 2013, uh, it was first announced at a Gamescom. And wow, we're going to talk about Gamescom later on. Yep. Wow. Back in 2013. And uh, Jeff Keighley uh, really liked the sound of this game. So he kept promoting it through the Game Awards. And Sony uh, were a very much a vested interest party as well. And now, the basic gist of the story, if you're not aware of this, is this game was sold as a procedurally generated exploration game where literally planets are made up completely unique to your experience with their life forms, with the terrain and all the things you can do. And the, there's this very infamous trailer of someone going through this procedurally generated planet and almost having like a Jurassic Park moment of walking out and seeing these amazing creatures. And uh, randomly, Bill Bailey was the face of the advertising campaign as well. Um, it kind of works like, you know, oh, the universe is crazy and kind of funny. Um, and I suppose it kind of works. And back in 2016, when the game actually launched, um, it was clearly not finished. A lot of work was needed. Now, if you read up the story on Shaw Murray and the team that he assembled for this, only 14 people were working primarily on the base game. They also did say, like, you are blowing this out of proportion. Please stop advertising it like this, um, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, the internet does what the internet does. And it is probably the biggest redemption story of any video game. Now, I played this on launch. Uh, and I was also going through a bit of a personal crisis with my own health. I've talked about it in the pod before. I I couldn't move for like six weeks. I had to basically stay housebound for six weeks. And that has happened to be the six weeks that this game came out. So for six weeks, I played this game to death, even though it wasn't very good, even though it was kind of like, well, I go to a planet, there's nothing here. I move on to another planet. Well, it turns out, actually listening to the story of what Sean Murray was thinking about when he was putting this game together is actually amazing. So yes, it is procedurally generated and he had an algorithm to figure this out on a base 32 number, which was a combination of two phone numbers that he put together and used that to do the, the algorithms or everything else. But then he applied some actual scientific logic to this. So a planet that is not, well, a planet that's beyond a certain distance to a sun would not have life on it because that's what it'll be in real life. There's not a heat source to provide anything, then that's one of the ingredients to make life happen. Um, so that's why you'll go to a planet and go, oh, it's barren. And they'll be like, of course it is. It's like light years away from a sun. But obviously to a gamer, you're like, where's my Jurassic Park moment? <laughs> I want two suns setting like in Star Wars. That would never happen in physics. Oh, okay. So like, there was definitely some amazing aspiration this. Anyway, that was then. Don't want to talk about then. Let's talk about now. First time I load this game up in nearly seven years since the first time I played it. And I literally, after those six weeks, I was like, I traded it in. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to play this you. game again. Yeah. Um, but picking it up again, holy hell. Like the, 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 the starkness in contrast is vast. And it's amazing. Um, three things I've come out of this now. I picked it up and I was like, oh, it actually explains to me what I've got to do now. And the previous version didn't explain to you. You just dumped in a in planet. And just, right. you know, With a little kind laser of, drill where you had to zap away yeah, the yeah, wall. Yeah, like, that was kind of it. And they put together a narrative for you to unlock capabilities. So the way I can describe it now is imagine if Breath of the Wild and Minecraft had a baby of you've got that exploration where you can go discover stuff, learn new stuff. But Minecraft in that kind of way of you have to build stuff and you craft stuff to build the thing and yeah. there's purpose to it because you want to build the thing and also apply a little element of mass effects in terms of lore, different species and interstations, that kind of stuff. You actually bump into aliens now as well, right? And it yes. used to be there weren't life forms around or very rarely there were. But It'll now be very, very rare can... because it was almost working with the real probabilities of the universe. <laughs> yeah. but there's probably like a billion <laughs> plates before you bump into anything. Uh, so yes, they've adjusted this a lot. They've introduced so many different things i think mike was talking about this in the not too distant past about how do i make money because it's like literally every six months there's a big dlc pack for, for it. free for free yeah and right now for like 19 pound like i highly recommend it and for the first time ever i was playing this i went 
this would be dope in VR because the VR mode is literally full fat. So you get in your spaceship, you can use, you can move the controls, you can do stuff, you can harvest your things, everything else. I realized I sunk about 12 hours into it in like three days without even trying of just, there's something so calm about just mulling around, collecting your resources, build the thing you want, you unlock another capability, you go back to your space station, you learn a bit more about the law and everything else. And it's just a good time. So sure, Murray, if you're listening, my friend, I'll give you a big sloppy wet kiss. You've done it, you son of a bitch. Um, I was one of those people that absolutely hated that game. I, Like I say, I invested so much time in it because I had to, because I need to take my mind off what I was going for at the time. But this was like, like it was so weird coming back and playing it. I will say this though, it does play like a game from 2016. For example, Sprint, we are so used to pushing in the left analog stick while you're moving for Sprint you have to push in the right analogs because Ooh, we didn't really figure that out that. back then. Yeah, yeah, little things like There's no aim button. You just aim and fire. We're kind of all used to holding L2 or doing something from that. So they've not it's updated not the really control. It's a shooter though, I suppose, but yeah. It's not, but you, you kind of like instinctively think, if mm. I can move around freely and I have a weapon with which I can move around freely with, I must be able to instruct with precision where I want to shoot. But anyway, we're talking small potatoes in terms of the qualms. Like seriously, for £19, there is so much joy to be had here. There's thousands of hours to be lost. Apparently, you can actually like mainline an actual storyline in about 40 hours. I couldn't tell you. You know when you played like a Command & Conquer game and you're like, okay, I start out with no resources and my goal, yes, there's a mission to go kill everyone, but that's not the fun. The fun is actually learning some new stuff, getting some new resources, building some stuff, doing some weird shit, and then kind of complete... That's the vibe I get from this now. So, you know what? Fair play. Um, and, you know, just to wrap it off on the reading front, I'm, I I talked about it in the last pod with Mikey. I sent him over, by legal means, digital copies of the Batman's Turtle comic books. I went down a turtle's rabbit hole. I am currently reading The Last Ronin. It's not got Batman in it, but hot damn it, it's still damn good because I am getting hyped. I'm the only person who's getting hyped for this, but that video game adaptation that's coming out next year, bring it on, brother. Let's do it. Anyway, shall we talk about news? Mm, why not? So there was Gamescom going on in that there Germany um, over the last week. Was it Germany? It was indeed. It was Germany. It was Germany. That's good. That's good. I don't have to edit the podcast. <laughs> um, and um, it was kind of a mixed bag for a number of reasons, really. One is that because lots of things are being delayed, it's kind of hard to talk about anything new. And we have had a bunch of things with the summer of games announcing all of the new things. However, I do want to take a moment to talk about some of the new things that were talked about in Gamescom, specifically new IP, because we have been hyped a lot about existing IP. We keep talking about your Spider-Man 2s, we've been talking about your, your God of War Ragnarok, your Final Fantasy 7 remake, rebirth, r- redundancy, whatever the third <laughs> one's going to be called. Um, <laughs> there's, oh, that was a good slap. That was by nice. me, uh, your Final Fantasy 16s being probably your game of the years, your Breath of the Wild 2s, your Tears of the King, all that stuff. New IP. That's what keeps us fresh. That's what keeps us young. That's what keeps us wanting to play these things. And it inspires usually for the more established IP to learn from and bring it back. So let's rejoice in the Lazarus pit of new IP that was talked about. And there's one that made me laugh. And I want to talk about it, Hemming. Billy Bust Up, a little charming little endeavor, a platformer musical. Who would have thought those two things were? You need to talk me through what this one is because I missed this one completely. So it's what it says on the tin. It's about a, uh, some little creature. It looks like a goat, and it's a platformer. And it looks like it looks like if Crash Bandicoot and Medieval had a bit of a baby in oh. 2023, it would look like this. But the cool thing is, is that every level is a musical. And I don't know if it's doing some clever jiggery here, but as you're progressing through the level, the lyrics of the song reflect that in the musical as you're playing it oh okay so imagine someone singing a song about what's going on yeah and as you're doing actions it seems i don't know if this is just clever editing of the trailer or we've got something kind of cool over yeah imagine like you're you're bouncing from one platform to the other and it's just like singing about i'm gonna kill you don't jump over there god damn it you got the health you know it's, I, 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 that's a terrible that impression, amazing. By the way. yeah yeah um, but the, the whole like great for kids innovation and creativity that's the sort of stuff that that we long for. And I haven't 
felt that way about some new IPs since I saw Cuphead being played for the first time. And I was just like, oh, you've taken like a classic style and like made something new. And what they've That's done so here crazy. is they've just taken the classic platformer and they've used music to be like a new way of you thinking about it. And there was something beautiful about that. Right up your alley, it's sort of thing you're platinum. I will have to look it up, yeah. <laughs> um, also, um, another IP, which I saw, which looked dope as hell, The Inquisitor. Um, yeah, did you see I, did, the trailer? I did see this one, yeah. Um, it, it looks a little uh, graphically. It's not like going to blow you away or anything. No. But it looked really interesting in just the way that you are an Inquisitor and you're sort of doing a lot of puzzle solving, crime solving through this very interesting looking, almost Victorian style world. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like a mixture of Van Housing mm. with Sherlock Holmes with The Order 1866, which everyone slept on. That was a damn fine game. Needs a sequel. Um, it does need a sequel. I don't feel like, apparently it was the most expensive, like really expensive. Oh, it still holds like, up graphically. It still looks beautiful even today. Yeah, but it's like apparently, apparently it did not sell. It did not. Like, yeah, it was, it was basically like, you know that movie, The Flash? It was like that in video games of mm. everyone put their eggs in their basket, a lot of money was spent on this, and no no, yeah. no sausage, no one turned it up. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but like the, the concept of it's doing some interesting gameplay dynamics, like it's got the whole puzzle-solving thing. It's also got the – I didn't really see much of the combat. I couldn't make out the combat. The combat looked like, like it was going to be quite simplistic, but uh, I don't think that's the main thrust mm. of the game. It, it almost looked like it had kind of an L.A. noir murder mystery yeah. sort of vibe to it as well, which I am always down for. There's not enough games that do that kind of thing. You know what these sort of games are reminding me of? Go for it. It seems to be that – Video games, kind of like movies for the last year or so, have been in this world. And I know actual video game enthusiasts will say, shut the fuck up, what do you know? But it seems to be that the only ones that would get the attention would either be a charming indie darling like Hades mm. or AAA, like big bucks going at this console seller sort of games. And there was nothing in between. It felt like that in terms the, of the, the general AA public, game, you know. The yeah, game yeah, that's exactly. Not all complete bells and whistles, but is perfectly serviceable. The PS2 and the PS3 era had loads of these, and I do miss those kind of games. Yeah, and this game's con felt like it does. Maybe they're coming back. Maybe yeah. they're starting to, to come back in because you know what? Like, I, I could talk about Resident Evil and Assassin's Creed till the cows come home, but I love the idea of a hey, what'd you play this weekend? Oh, I gave this this game a go. It was kind of like a platformer it was a bit of fun i completed it i will never probably play it again but it was good fun and you know what it was like 30 bucks and that's you know not everything has to be like starfield right oh, <laughs> yeah, we're talking about starfield about right <laughs> and, yeah that, that kind of shades of gray for it and that's why there was more from that although there was one there was one game i saw it mentioned on social media a lot and this is where i actually started looking at it and then looked up the trailers for it. so project mcgun Mugen? Project Mugen. Megan? Yeah, Mugen. Mugen, right. How the fuck are Insomniac not suing them? It <laughs> looks like, I thought, I generally thought, because I saw so many videos of this over the over the weekend on social media, I generally thought someone modded Mars Morales. Yeah, so I, I, I had a bit of a read up on this after seeing the news. So in the trailer, as, as Flynn has just said, there is a very clear moment where somebody is web swinging through an environment very much looking like Spider-Man. I have no idea if Insomniac have sort of uh, put some uh, like a patent on that mechanic. I don't know. They should do because the game's so damn good. In fact, they mm. should put a patent on anything Spider-related anything- because they've done no. it that well. <laughs> that could be an interesting patent to put in. I'm patenting spiders. They're mine now. <laughs> I own all spiders. Um, but no, in fact, every time you kill a spider now, Insomniac, Insomniac actually can sue you. Excellent. Thanks for that, Flint. This is a great, <laughs> great innovation we've brought in. Um, I had a look at it, and it looks, it's got a very anime style, very similar to Genshin Impact. And that is actually really apt because it is, it's going to be a free to play open world action RPG. And it seems mm-hmm. to be taking inspiration from a lot of games because you've got, there's even third person shooting, there's GTA style sort of driving around. 
And then, yeah, I've, only, I've, I've done the classic thing of, you know, that mate in your WhatsApp group who will just share an article based on the headline and you go, actually read the headline, <laughs> you knob. Um, I've done that here, haven't I? I've just gone, hey, look, this guy looks like Spider-Man. How dare they? Like, no, there's actually a variety of lots of other things yeah, you're doing in here and it seems like a dope game. Um, well, I don't know because it's free to play. So I've not played Genshin Instantly Impact puts enough. me off. Exactly. A hundred percent. It looks great. I just don't know how long it's actually going to be playable before it gets to the point of, yeah, yeah, pay me now. Yeah, give, give me some more money. Yeah. Have fun. You want give taste, me your money. Give taste. Give me your taste. Yeah. yeah. Speaking about mobile, is it a mobile game or is it just a free play console? It's console. It's console. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, not a not very good segue, but speaking about free to play potential games, um, uh, Ubisoft shared a lot more about Project Jade, uh, which is meant to be the Assassin's Creed Imperial China game. And uh, they showed off some gameplay of this game. And I have to say, if this is a mobile game, what mobile are you running this off? Because it looks pretty much mm-hmm. like a console Assassin's Creed game. And apparently it's going to be free to play. And although like, I really want to believe them that this is going to be good, like it's not going to be, is it? Let's face it. <laughs> I have little faith in it. I, I don't know. It might look nice on a phone whilst you're on the commute to work, but... Nah, mobile games and, mobile Assassin's- games never have caught me. I think in an Assassin's Creed game while I'm on the train, it just made me motion sick, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I've got a few on my Switch. So I've got like Black Flag, I've got Assassin's Creed 3, and I've got Assassin's Creed Rogue uh, on my Switch. You know how often I play them? Hardly ever, because that's not really a commuting sort of game. <laughs> I, absolutely, completely. I yeah. need something a bit more static for that. I also like Mirage, like we talked about this in the last episode, like thumbs up from us, like we're going to give it a good go, like it sounds awesome. And I also like the idea that they're not chucking out the baby with the bathwater with the old old RPG open world ones. They're going to kind of do both. You know, it turns out you can have chocolate and vanilla and everyone still gets ice cream. So this is all good. The only thing that I get worried about, and Capcom went through this before they decided to put their eggs in one basket, the (laughs) RE. Just do Resident Evil and do the RE engine. In fact, everything else we're going to make is based on our engine for Resident Evil. But they had a period of time where they were literally churning out tons of stuff in different directions. They were doing your your Operation Raccoon Cities, whilst at the same time doing your your Monster Hunters in different directions. Every franchise they had kind of lost their way for a second until they they focused in. And it feels that Ubisoft are potentially doing that with Assassin's Creed right now with four different ones in development with project nexus jade uh code red we don't know what code red is just yet yeah, that's the, uh, i think that's the japanese samurai one ah that's that one right um and we've also got um obviously mirage um you know on the horizon and i just hope they don't well who am i to say right they'll still sell millions and, and do they great will. But, I, um, I want them to still make rayman games i miss yeah. rayman bring him back <laughs> I kind of want to see. I kind of want to find out what's happened in um, in oh, what's it called oh, the, the franchise? No, not Beyond Good and Evil. Like, that that game's scared. never coming out. They're just trolling people <laughs> yeah. with that one. Um, their their MGS competitor, the Tom Clancy one. What was it called? Oh, Wildlands. It was called Ghost Recon Wildlands. Was the uh, one they did recently? And then the uh, no, 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 I'm talking about the one that's got Sam Fisher in it. I can't remember the name of the franchise. Oh, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell. Thank you very they much. Haven't done one of them forever. I know, and Tom Hardy keeps trying to get a film made with Ooh, Ubisoft dude, right now. That. Yeah, that'll be, that'll yes, be dope, right? Like, that. you've got Tom Hardy selling the movie. Everyone's going to be like, oh, do you remember that game? Yeah, it was kind of like Metal Gear Solid, but not. And yeah, make their own thing. I kind of, they're sleeping on some IP as well. Like, we don't, I feel like totally. just one or two good Assassin's Creed games and a bunch of other stuff in their, in their, toy chest of great ip probably feels like something pretty cool to do but uh going speaking of ip let's go back to new ip Ooh. so um and another p lies of p oh look at this he's back he's back with a segue <laughs> Hemming. bang bang billy gun um <laughs> he was there was <laughs> yeah, he, he, yeah. <laughs> amazing 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 right so life of p i have said from every moment this game has been going through its uh, <laughs> development cycle of, look, just because it smells like Coke, looks like Coke, have Coke branding, it still ain't Coke, right? It's like when your mum goes, oh, I bought your soda. And you're like, no, I don't want Panda Pops. I want Pepsi. You know, it felt like that's what they were making with Lies of P. Um, but even I could admit, 
it looks damn good. Yeah, I mean, I've still not got around to playing the demo, and it, I think it's in my head. It's because I'm I'm going to get this game, and I'm going to play this game, so I don't want to spoil the surprise, as it were. But I watched the the new trailer and uh, a little bit of the gameplay. I feel like they've yeah, been showing it off for years now. I'd, I I don't know when they first revealed it. It's at least a couple of years ago now. Um, but it looks yeah. really fast paced and fluid. The combat looks very satisfying. And of course, it's got the, uh, as you say, the Bloodborne aesthetic and the obligatory, very slowly opening two giant heavy doors, pulling them apart. <laughs> um, the, the boss fight they showed off as well at the end, the giant robot inside a burning theater. That looked really cool. Mm. So I, I was quite surprised actually this. about how, because I was expecting steampunk all the time, right? And it seems to be they're, they're mixing in lots of different mm. tropes and lots of different things. It's just that the initial marketing focused on the, the steampunky sort of stuff. Now, no video game will actually come out and claim this as fact, but I know this is true from speaking to people that work in the industry, is that, the you know, um, for motion capture, if you can't afford to have a motion capture studio you will tend to use video referencing for motion capture to be able to pinpoint uh, the precision on an animation, right? So if you don't have your own studio, you tend to either buy those animations from someone else or you'll get a video footage and you'll use that as a thing to build a frame upon. So many video games have taken from the Lord of the Rings, the two towers of Aragon opening up a door. (laughs) You know where he pushes wow. open the door and goes, ah, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of epic way he opens the door. And now that I've told you this, whenever I you play video games and you see someone gets a door and pushes it open, it'll just be because uh, it's a pretty dope way of opening the door. Even if we could afford motion capture, we're still going to do the Aragorn opening the door thing. Pretty cool. I've got to admit, yeah, I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even fucking care. Yeah, it's just like if I'm Warner Brothers who own, uh, I suppose they only uh, technically own that motion because they produce the films that that's taken from. I'm sitting going, that's kind of dope. That's kind of cool. Uh, anyway, speaking about films and directors, Neil Blomkamp, uh, the director who made films like District 9 uh, and his failed Aliens movie, uh, which, you know, it never got off the ground. He released lots of books and concept art about this. And also Chappie, the South African robot movie. Um, sorry to everyone in South Africa for that hate crime. I um, love that. Yeah, um, he's, he's making a video game off the grid and I expect it to be batshit crazy. And yeah, directors making video games. This is not new, but kind of fun, kind of cool. And yes, again, new IP. Yeah, an interesting idea. I, I don't think it's for me, just straight off the bat, because <laughs> it's a 150-player battle royale game. And mm. doesn't seem entirely for me, but it sounds like it's also got a single-player kind of aspect to it with some PvE stuff. So it's not all just mad PvP kill everybody on an island there's at least some sort of story going on in the background that you can play through um i watched the trailer there was a guy with a really gravelly voice like the graveliest <laughs> voice you've ever heard basically of. sean dyche I, I mean sean dyche wishes he was that gravelly <laughs> sean dyche has the gargle stones yeah, if sean dyche smoked 20 a day for five ten years and then came back and voice lined a video game character that's this guy right here um it looks like an interesting idea, and I'm sure it'll have some weird, mad story because, as you say, this guy comes up with some weird, mad stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm like, cool. I, I, yeah. I like this. I hope it brings a little bit of an element of, like, it shows that video games don't all have to be the last of us right and i'm not saying i'm not sort of slamming the last of us but it gets that point earlier it's just like a little bit different what's the draw obviously it's the it's the name of the person who's uh who's producing this but um you know it helped it helped that young upcoming person called hideo kojima with his mate del toro right uh, no one heard about him before no, that. nobody heard of either <laughs> of those guys before that uh, that collaboration uh did you hear there was more stuff being leaked about metal gear delta no no, so I didn't put it in the in the notes. Sorry, oh, um, I, I saw uh, a, a well-known leaker has uh, tweeted. Okay, it's one of those things where it's How like he uh, managed to keep leaking stuff if he's well known. Yeah, yeah he well, tell him anything. I don't fucking know, right? I don't make the rules. <laughs> I just I just peddle them. Um, but uh, the point is, is that it's a re- retelling in next gen, but story beat for beat will be exactly the same. Uh, no original. Uh, sorry, only original voice. So yeah, I was taking I was the original. worried about that. Cut some corners, yeah. save some cost. Yeah, or maybe 
Maybe David Hayter's. I mean, I, I don't I mean, know. Here's the thing. The voice acting in the game is very good, so it's not exactly like I should complain about that. David Hayter being back as the voice of Snake is something that I am very happy about. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like he, he is the one true snake, right? Like, Indeed. Like, but you can have Kiefer Sutherland as Big Boss, and that still works as well. What I really hope this does, because basically, basically, beat for beat, story remake, next gen uh, graphics reimagining, no, um, and like original voice cast. So that, obviously, that tells you exactly what you need to know in terms of what what you're going to get here. But I do hope that this starts like a bit of like how Capcom was just like, oh, okay, fuck it. We'll keep making remakes of the games and carry on the narrative. <laughs> I really want this to happen because I do have this, this dream hemming, this dream that we get Snake Eater. Mm-hmm. Cool. We then get your, your, your Peace Walkers, all that remade um, in this new engine as well. And then we get maybe a jazzed up version of Metal Gear 5 uh, Complete Collection and an actual ending. Maybe that'd be quite cool. And That's wishful thinking. My, this is very much a different <laughs> universe now. But the mother base that you build in MGS5 becomes Outer Heaven, of which when they remake, which we, we actually dope to do, Metal Gear Solid, or sorry, Metal Gear, you actually then go as Solid Snake for his first ever mission into Outer Heaven from the one that you've built in the previous games. That's what I want. I'm not going to get that. I'm going to get a mediocre remake of free and everyone's going to be pissed off. It's not a Kojima game. Good luck. (laughs) Here's all I'll say (laughs) with that. This is Konami. And I think you're asking far too much of them. (laughs) Oh my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, speaking of Konami and uh, Metroidvania style games, uh, because they made Castlevania and then you can see the link. link. Akatori. Is that how you pronounce it? I don't Um, know. Again, uh, another game that was talked about is new. We're talking back to new IP. Uh, that was unveiled at Gamescom, and now I've realised there's been tons of recently, uh, either up and coming or recently released Metroidvania games. Obviously, we we had our boy AJ with with Delala with um uh, with Illusion Island. We've also got a bunch of other Metroidvania games in the pipeline coming down. So, Emmett, I want to pose the question: Is it coming back? Is it a big thing? Is it a thing? I think it is, and obviously, Metroid itself. I mean, they had the Metroid Prime Remaster, the remake even that. Came Came out recently. Yeah. I've actually been playing a bit of that. It's great. Everyone uh, says it's dope. Yeah, it's really good. Well worth it. I might lend it to you afterwards. Um, but yeah, uh, I think that Metroidvanias have always kind of been there in the background. They've, there's always been indie game Metroidvanias, but it sounds as though, like vampire movies. Yeah, it's coming back a bit more into the mainstream. <laughs> or zombie movies. There we go. There's always, there's always never far away from a zombie movie coming out. I will say, even though the walking. Oh, the Walking Dead finished this year, but there's three more Walking Dead TV shows that have come out Christ. this year so far. Oh, <laughs> okay, no, that's a bad example. Um, <laughs> but I, I will say, I watched the the uh, little trailer for Akatori. It didn't blow me away, but um, I quite like the mechanic. You're this girl with a staff, like a bow staff, and you can throw it at a wall to give yourself an extra little platform to jump up on. I like that that's mechanic. Cool. That's cool. Nice. Well, I think you can summarize all previews of anything, whether that's video games or movies, and just go... Pff, We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> about that, really. Yeah. Although, if the podcast was just called We'll See, it'd be kind of short, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> Can I so, mention one more? Uh, but yes, before we look to may. move on from Gamescom, there's one more game that really caught my attention uh, Crimson Desert that came out. So, this one, it, it really caught my eye. I was watching it. It's like a medieval open world RPG. And it was almost like sort of Witcher-esque looking, where you go nice. into a village, you pick up your missions off of a off a quest board, and then off you go to solve them. It just the combat looks looks stupidly bombastic, and the destruction physics looked so good. Like I was just watching these towers crumbling in the background as you rode past, blowing it up with explosive arrows on the back of your horse. I think nice. this is one to keep an eye on. All right. So we say, what's it called? Crimson Desert. Crimson Desert. Mm. Ah, okay. Well, we'll, give it, we'll see. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> Another thing that was, uh, I don't know if this was Gamescon or if they had their own thing happening at the same time, but we talked about it in the past, um, but it's a little bit more cemented. Um, Cyberpunk, their new DLC, uh, Phantom Liberty. So uh, for the uninitiated, we talked about it at length uh how cyberpunk is another redemption story in my opinion um and they're coming out swinging with their next massive dlc um in this new dlc they have confirmed there's going to be uh, a new um a new skill tree called relic and they started showing off some of the cool things off of that they've also completely revamped the previous skill trees so that you're uh, you're basically in the new dlc you're starting the new character pretty much so like you might as well forget your v 
that you've got before. Oh, well, you know, it's served a purpose. Don't worry. Um, there's also going to be dozens of new uh, story missions. There's going to be hundreds of new gigs and also things like weapons being mounted to vehicles, all that kind of stuff. Um, but the reason why I want to talk about it again is because A, we know a little bit more, and B, they've said basically anything that's not story-driven, so basically anything that's not like the narrative, you're going to get in the base game. So they're going to introduce a lot of this new stuff into the base game, which is kind of dope to do. And that's a really nice thing because there is a cost of living crisis. Video games are not cheap. They're now 70 schmeckles per go. This isn't going to be a cheap DLC. I think it's looking at 40 bucks from what I've seen. Uh, although there's lots of sale items going on at the moment where it can combine them. Yes, there might be someone that will go, oh, actually, I found it cheaper elsewhere. Good for you, sir. But the general public is not going to be paying that sort of money, unfortunately. So this is good that we're getting more life back into that game. Yes, there's that argument of should this have been in the base game to begin with, I know. But let's put the positive spin. Let's be glass half full. Hemming, you excited about this? When are you going to get your hands on it if you do? I am I am very much hyped for this. One of the big things that I, I saw is the, uh, the police AI has been really retweaked. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I was looking at thinking in my brain, like, why do they tweak the police AI? And then suddenly it clicked. Yeah, I never, I never saw them. That I, no. I was causing mayhem. Unless it was like a and they never narrative. Yeah, unless it was a narrative point or a little area where I had to do a job for them. Yeah, They never actually chased me down despite all the crime I was breaking. So that sounds great. I am really looking forward to this. A massive amount of new stuff. The new story I am dying to get into. Old Idris Elba joining the crew. He and Keanu Reeves having a chat is going to be fantastic. Right. I wonder what Idris we're going to get. Are we going to get like American Idris or are we oh, going 100%. to get Lufa? Oh, I'm fucking Lufa. Get that down your fucking neck, son. Idris fucking Alba. That's what I want. <laughs> now I hope we get that. <laughs> Just give me Luther in this world. Give me Luther. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm super hyped. Um, the new skill tree, they've not really given away much of what's in there in terms of the skills, but they've got the characters from the uh, anime. There seems to be a little symbol for each one of them in this skill tree. So ah. powers maybe based on what they've got. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Well, that, very I think very high. You Twenty sixth of September, I believe it is. Yes, I cannot wait. One <sighs> thing that I really I hope they do because the modding community in Cyberpunk is is big, right? They're, they're amazing people, and there's one mod in particular where they've turned all cars into flying cars. And I need this on the console base game somehow because yeah. it's basically like it's it's the fifth element or well, that's the future too. Absolutely. I mean, one of the first intros for the game, I think it's the Corpo one, you get brought into the town, into the city through a flying car. And I thought, yeah. this is amazing. We're going to be able to use it. No, there's, there's no other flying cars that you can actually use. It's just no. for that one story beat. So yeah, if they're able to bring that actually in. Oh, give for me. the love of God, please. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yes. All right. Uh, full disclosure to our audience, we had a bit of an internet snafu, and that meant all the program notes have now left the chat. So I need to go back to my Google Doc <laughs> <laughs> and find my Google Doc and then get back to it and make it sound like it was all part of the plan. All right. This Speaking is about being to... part of the plans, <laughs> was that Starfield? That's a big game. <laughs> it sounds like and it. <laughs> the hype the hype is real, right? So yeah. um, let's talk about a couple of things that's come out in the disclosure for that. So people, review codes are being given out. People are starting to buy dodgy copies. You know, it happens all the time, right? And there's one thing in particular, which is getting people's panties in a bunch a little bit on planet boundaries. Now, I have played a fair few video games where you go up to an invisible wall and it goes, you're not meant to do that. Turn around and go back, son. And you know what? I still really enjoyed the game. Didn't really impact my game experience whatsoever. A lot of people get a bit arsy because in the promise of Starfield is thousands of planets you can go explore. And some poor soul thought it'd be funny to run for like 10 hours. I think it was 10 hours. It might have been 10 minutes. I don't know. It was a I think it's four, 45 minutes. I think it was. 45 minutes, yeah, yeah. aren't I? And was like, look. It's boundaries. Oh, it's an absolute rip-off, you know, sort of thing. Where's your Where's your head in that, Hemming? I don't think it's a massive deal. I think it is being overblown. Um, but it is, again, in sort of the No Man's Sky style of false promises. They said you can explore mm. the whole planet, and apparently you can. Once you get to these boundaries, you just sort of have to initiate a load screen, and then it'll move your ship to this next section. 
So it's not a whole planet that you walk along and explore. It's more of a, you land on the planet and it opens up this big section of it. And then you move around to these different sections and then you can explore the whole planet. Um, it's hard, man. Making these games is Spore. Do you remember yeah. Spore? Oh my God. Right. Wow. Yeah. So like these promises, this is nothing new. And the thing is though, I will say like, is I, 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 again, I say this to somebody who's just been playing No Man's Sky at length recently. They've managed to pull it off, but you can see where the lines are, right? You can see that, oh, that's, it says it's not loading, but it's clearly loading. It's just making me look like I'm going through a planet atmosphere to land in the planet of which I'm just coming to. Like there's, there's obviously little things and tricks in the bag to fool the, the viewer into feeling like this. Um, but the reality of having an infamous universe of which you can go explore and do lots of things in, that don't exist. So yeah. just enjoy what you're given. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, people are going to nitpick this game. It's Microsoft's, you know, golden egg at the moment. They're, they've waited for this for so long and all the hype is coming out. There's people who are the console fanboys are going to be trying to tear it down for any little thing. I hope it's mm. bloody brilliant and that I eventually get around to playing it because there's yeah. so many other bloody brilliant games right now that I'm kind of glad that I can't play this because at least I, I, I can cross it I out. agree. <laughs> I hope that Xbox rethinks its exclusive strategy. And I know okay. some people might go, well, PlayStation don't do that. PlayStation aren't on the back foot. There you go. It's as simple as that, right? Like if PlayStation was not eating good right now, and you know, especially because you may say because the last generation, maybe not because of this generation, but either way, they're still top dog. Look at sales and everything else in between. If they were in Microsoft situation and they had something like 115 million people they couldn't reach with their franchises, they might really think about putting Final Fantasy on Xbox, right? You know, so that sort of thing. So I kind of hope we get to a place where Starfield goes. We can't afford to only have Xbox people play this. Okay, we'll put it on PlayStation. Or I'll succumb and they'll make the console really cheap and I'll buy it. Like There, there is that. And I mean, there is one thing that's come out today, actually, as the time of recording, 30th of August. Um, some UK outlets, some quite big UK outlets, didn't actually get review codes until yesterday. So most people in America seem to get review codes a couple of weeks ago so they could really experience this world and this game and this universe. But in the UK, mm. they only got them yesterday. And uh, maybe I'm sort of uh, going Please, up the wrong Please, baseless speculation. Baseless speculation. Is this a bit of revenge on the UK market because of the Microsoft Activision blockage? Because oh, they block them a bit. They're just that. like, let's just be petty and not let them actually have the game for as long as they want. Yeah, there's there's an element of that. I'll definitely agree on that one. And um, I also think that like, why give out? Why do why do anyone give out review codes? Right, because they want a favourable score and it's good promotion. Do they need any more promotion? Like, does having bloody Dave's blog, if there is actually a blog out there called Dave's blog, sorry, um, you know, getting a review code where they could potentially leak some story information or slag it off and actually make it detrimental to the possibility of this? No. Um, it, is a, like, it is a fickle industry. I also know that publishers get real, or not publishers, but like, quote-unquote personalities get really buttholey if like they don't get given review code so i'm kind of laughing right now at some of the personalities again i'm doing inverted commas like dr evil i probably sit there going i didn't get my code and they're probably now going to write a slam piece about how starfield is not living up to its hike it's going to be cyberpunk 2.0 and and no man's sky 2.0 and the truth is is that we'll see because that's what all this sort of stuff is okay Yes, there's some great elements that looks awesome in this game. We talked about it at length that the combat kind of looks jank. And yes, it's it's a Bethesda game for better or worse, right? Yeah, the combat's always been a bit jank in those games. It, it definitely looks like Fallout in space more than Skyrim in space, which is what people initially thought it was going to be. But again, as you say, it seems like this is the title of this episode. We'll see. I hope it is good. <laughs> I really do, because I want it to be good and I want to play it at some point. But I, as I said, glad that I can't right now because there's mm. way too much other stuff coming out. We are now entering a time of misinformation. Some we're might say we're already in time? it. Yeah, we've been in uh, it Some a might while. say we're in it. But now <laughs> I think I'm now getting to a place where I rarely trust a reviewer. Like, especially like, it's like, like this year in particular, 
like it started with movies like people coming out going the flash is the greatest movie you'll ever see it's like it, it's not <laughs> like I, i've I, seen I'm this and i like this shit and it's still not. Wow. yeah you know and it's like um it's it's starting to happen it's, it's happening with video games like big outlets are just giving things tens it's, and i'm not saying that it's not a reigning 10 sort of year there there is there's some great tens out there but it seems to be that there's either a narrative saying something's really rubbish when it's not mm. your hogwarts for example being yeah. one of them um or saying something is like the next greatest game to ever exist and like i'll give one example god of war ragnarok is a fantastic game but it is just more of the same and that's great but like the reasons why people are giving praise, and that's why I think, you know, to listeners, find people you trust, find that's people you listen to, but there is no substitute for your own eyes and ears when it comes to experiencing something nowadays, when it comes to review and critique. And I can't listen to any score on Starfield and take it seriously, whether that's a 10 or a 1 because there's so much rhetoric behind it, so much politics, so much mudslinging. We've got the acquisition nonsense about how we've got the fanboyism when it comes to the console wars. We've got the Bethesda have been promising us Elder Scrolls Six for a very long time. Why haven't you been working on that when you've been working got a on bit this? Of news sort of thing? on that that I can give you in a second. Yeah, which, <laughs> which again, yeah, let's, let's let's go into that, right? Because the the is it the CEO, or the game director um, of Starfield yeah. was talking about that that thing, which I think you're going to go into now. So yeah, so with with Elder Scrolls Six, they they finally said that they've started working on it, that it's in production. Yeah, and they five admitted they, they, they started too early. It. Yeah. So they announced yeah. it five years ago, and now they've finally gone, actually, yeah, now we've started making the game. Ah, come on. They they did, shouldn't have announced it that early, and it's just stupid that they did. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's it's such a such a hard one, right? Like, when, when it's done right, it's great. The only problem is it's rarely done right. Like, <laughs> I... I I don't think you can do it in video games. I don't think you can have a roadmap in video games. I just don't. It's just oh, not God. possible. People's trust in roadmaps in video games is completely gone. We we briefly touched on that in the last pod. It, I just don't trust anything that comes out and goes, this is our roadmap for the first year. No, no, the game's going to be shit. It just yeah, instantly like my head goes, this game's going to be absolutely shit. <laughs> your company could not exist in six months' time. Right, like, don't tell us what you're doing in like the next six years. Yeah, have plans, have visions, but that's a slide deck to your fucking gullible investors. <laughs> yeah. Keep right? that to yourself. Don't please. tell, <laughs> don't tell your fans. All right, because your fans, and if you listen to your fans all the time, you're gonna just churn out crap. All right, give them what they didn't know they want. That's what we want. I don't want to sit here and go, I want a Final Fantasy game where Barrett ends up with Tifa and then actually we got Ares back in the picture because then we just get, no, no, no. I know some people will tell me, Adam, shut the hell up. But the point is, is that I want to be surprised. I want to, I can't make video games because if I could make video games, I would make video games. So people that can make video games, tell me and show me why you guys do what you do and we're sitting at home enjoying this consumers because that's the point of it. That's the genius of it. I don't want to be hearing the same old rubbish um, being thrown back at me. And that's why I probably should shut up now and say that Elder Scrolls 6 is not going to be anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it'll probably be another five years. <laughs> <laughs> but let's keep the uh, Bethesda pop culture thing going. So um, it's been lots of rumors for a long time. But Fallout as a TV show is actually going to be a thing. Amazon Prime are going to be making this. They've been tweeting about it quite a bit. Some little cool fun bits showing a Pip-Boy, mm. of which could be of the TV show. Hemming, are you down for this? you down to clown? Yes. And, hmm, <laughs> trepidatious. <laughs> um, th there's not been, apart from The Last of Us has bucked the trend, Video game adaptations into TV shows have not always been the most successful. And it does feel like these streaming services are just like, we, we need content. Have you got any, yeah. you got any Every content? Every comic book's been can, bought up, so what's next? Yeah, yeah, we need to do video games. That, that Mario movie did well. That's just uh, that, that Fallout. Yeah, that'll do. Come on mm. in. Um, so I, I go into it with cautious optimism. Uh, I want it to be good because I love the Fallout universe cautiously optimistic i've not watched mm -hmm. enough of the trailers yet to make a, a proper opinion on it um but nothing it's so just, far has flagged up as a as a major red flag issue so far you're right when it's done well it's very very good when it's done bad it's the halo tv show right it's just there's <laughs> there's 
there's such the a evil dead, vastness. No, the uh, House of the Dead film, the UV bowl stuff. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's bad that it's bad, right? It's like it's good to be bad, like the rest of the evil movies. Or um, although saying that, that, that some of them are really bad. Uh, but the point is, is this franchise is kind of like unique because of its play style, right? Because of the world you inhabit and the immerse, how immersiveness it is. Take that away. What you got? A post-apocalyptic show, right? There are plenty a dozen right now. Like I can go onto any streaming service, and there'll be ten at the very least within like five clicks away of something bad happened. It's the apocalypse now. They're actually cheaper to make than other shows because it turns out to be most of the time someone on their own on the street. I mean, because- this is you just you just talked about the silo at the start and said how it's yeah. like Fallout. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like it's kind of like that's so. I tend to fall off unless I'm really invested in it of the world, which you can't imagine. Right. Mm. So like, I think walking dead's okay, but it dropped off when it started aging out. And when they started going 10 years later and all that kind of stuff, I don't give a shit about that kind of stuff. I like finding out how things get to that. So I'm really interested in the horizon show that Sony are working on at the moment because it's not meant to be Aloy in live action. It's meant to be how the world got fucked to the point where maybe Horizon could happen in 100 years' time, whatever. Which I loved that. The backstory of that in the game, I loved listening to all the audio logs. It's like a good version really of The Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, um, oh, God, I'm getting Matrix fans coming off me now. But the point <laughs> is, is, is I, I'm interested, like, depending where they go. So if it's like a, this is how the nuclear bombs in the 50s caused the world to fall out is it set in the, was it like was the world in the 50s i know the aesthetic was the 50s but yeah yeah. yeah. so basically yeah. it was if the if there was nuclear fallout in the uh i think it's a four, 40s and 50s if nuclear war actually basically happened. if the manhattan project basically decided to blow the crap out of each other basically and this is yeah, yeah yeah so if that's the show of like here's the world blowing itself up and how eventually people end up in these bunkers then awesome. I'm down for that. That sounds pretty dope. Um, yeah. But if it's just the show that's not immersive because it's a show and it's just generic person wakes up in silo, gets out of silo, and they're doing a 28 Days Later-esque walk around, then fart. <laughs> there's 10 of them already, and they're probably better. Yeah. No, not not sold, but uh, nah, cautiously nah. optimistic because I want well, it to be good. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, on the on the last of the we'll sees, we were talking about this. Dave Batista, God bless him, decided to buy like this amazing Gears of War cosplay outfit and just do a video of him just going, "I fucking love this shit." Right? Zack Snyder has thrown his hat into the ring and said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do direct it. that movie." So I think. By the way, also, just to add more fuel to the fire, right, some more Schneiderness to the Snyder Cutness of he's worked with Dave before. he done that zombie movie for Netflix. They've got a relationship. Let's make this happen. So if, in case you weren't uh, aware, Zack Snyder was at, was, was at Gamescod as well doing Zack Snyder things. I think that's actually the first time on stage he unveiled the trailer for Rebel Moon, which, by the way, like, how dope does that look? Looks pretty cool. It was basically Dune slash Star Wars slash space opera yeah it looks it actually looked really good it looks dope as he's doing and in typical zap snyder fashion there's going to be two movies part one and part two he's also going to do a director's cut which is really oh, weird no. because netflix. he is netflix let him do what he wants <laughs> anyway so what could he have not done in these two movies for him to be talking about a director's cut version already uh, <laughs> but that's because he knows his audience he knows his audience man so, yeah, there's going to be apparently a six-and-a-half-hour cut of these two movies put together as well. But anyway, um, he was talking about does he love video games. He goes, of course I love video games. He even again reminded us that he based his Batman in Batman v Superman's fighting style on the Arkham games. Like, uh, he's one of us deep down, old Zach. And uh, also, if Matthew Jackson's listening, he discovered Gerard Butler. I love the man. I love, uh, he's done everything for us, right? Oh, fucking hell with Snyder. Um, he was talking about the idea of if there was anything in the world of Gears of War in live action, he would love to be part of that. And also, obviously, his boy, Big Dave, wants to be there as well. So let's will this into existence, people. Shout into the sky. <laughs> Make a Gears of War movie with Zack Snyder. Oh, Give me more Big Dave. That That's what I'm all more about. More Dave. <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Well, I think that's just about a podcast. Unless there's anything else that's fit the print, Hemming. Just one last thing, and we're going to end on a, on a good note. Uh, so a couple of months ago now, Xbox announced that they were rising the price of their uh, Game Pass by about two quid a month. PlayStation have come out and gone, yeah, we're going to do the same. Hold my beer. Um, so their prices are going up from September. They've given us a week's notice, which is lovely. I think Xbox gave like two months, and PlayStation have just gone, you've got a week to get it in. Um, the prices for all the tiers are going up. So for the essential stack. Uh, yes, so if you've still got old versions... Now, but if you buy a voucher code now and apply it... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can still stack so it, right? You've got a week to like buy six years' worth of this before it goes up by loads. Um, the essential tier, which is your bog standard, is going from £49 a year to £59 a year. The extra tier, which is the one that gives you the uh, all the games, the 400-plus games available to play and download... That's going from £83 to £99. And then the big one, the one that's already too expensive for what it is, is going the premium tier, £99 to £119 a year. I ain't renewing to that. It is not worth it. It is not worth it at £99. And unless Unless they step up their game massively and start adding some PS2 games in there, like they said they were going to do. I want the whole catalogue now. I don't want this sticking around. I don't want this, oh, you can play Ape Escape. Oh, look at this siphon filter now. This is the thing. They released Ape Escape, the PS1 game. Guess what they released last month? Ape Escape. Escape No, 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 Ape Escape 1, the PSP remake of the PS1 game. So it was Ape Escape but it looked slightly better, but didn't have as good gameplay. Great. Yeah. Cheers, guys. Yeah, they, they need to step their game up with that premium tier. Otherwise, we are all going to be dropping down just to X. I think, I think it's a nail in the coffin if they in, of that tier, unless they, like I say, unless they actually do something of note and value. You get the because demos, but who... <sighs> eh. I'd, I'd like anyone listening, if you use the trials, please let tell us, because I don't know yeah. anyone that does. Because I'll sit there and go, oh, I know. Basically, it's the way I see it is that if it says trial, then that's basically shorthand for it's either going to be on PSN in a few months' time or it's going to be in the sale in like a week's time. <laughs> either way, no. I ain't downloading the trial. <laughs> and all I'm going to get, because I'm time poor, right? I'm going to spend six hours downloading the fucking thing and then go, oh, I get to play a bit of it? Thanks. <laughs> just to be told you got to pay for it after I've just paid out £120 for the bloody pass to begin with. So, yeah, um, yeah. Unless, unless they can ramp up the classics catalogue to the point where it's actually a catalogue of classics. Is that fair? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah they yeah. need to then, bump uh, it up. Um, I, uh, I don't want us to end on a downer there, so I, I suppose in, in good bring news, us back, Hemming. there is some amazing games coming out in the next few weeks. Obviously, we've got uh, flipping Starfield coming out on September the 6th. We've got Sea of Stars, which is getting rave reviews and is basically a spiritual successor to Chrono Trigger, the old ah, SNES action yes. RPG. I'm going to be playing that very soon. Um, Blasphemous 2 just came out, which, speaking of Metroidvanias, incredible-looking game, really uh, eerie Catholicism and penitent. Pet, bleh, bleh, all that. Penitent. <laughs> that's the word. Yeah, why you say that, mate? Oi, oi. Easy. Um, so there are tons of amazing games coming out. We're going to get bombarded and there is not enough bloody time to play them all. So we are eating good this year. Eating good. I was thinking about this. Although we've not had like one game to rule them all, we've had like a Champions League of games. I forgot to mention Baldur's Gate 3. The console yeah. version of that is coming out in a week's time as well. If you, I saw somebody post on uh, Twitter, I refuse to call it the other thing. Um, they gave a list of like all the games from this year and their ratings on Metacritic. And there's like so many in the 90s and high 80s. It's incredible. It's been a fantastic year and there's still four months left. So I still got Spider Man 2 coming Spider-Man out. 2, Alan Wake 2. Yeah. It, oh. I am hyped. Apparently, there's there's rumours, and I'm only going to say rumours, and a baseless speculation that for their cutscenes, they've been filming live action. So they've actually hired actors and done lots for of Alan stuff. Wake, for, this. for Alan Wake 2, yeah. Yes, they did quite a bit and, of that in control. Yeah, and they've ta- they've amped that up 
Nice. To the point where they've got a whole cast and recorded loads of stuff. To the point where they're shopping around to streamers to say, we've got really good IP with actors who are really good at playing this and they've just done a bunch of content, ergo live TV show adaptation. Um, so, and apparently if it does get picked up, they can churn this out very quickly because it's literally like sets are built. <laughs> like we've just filmed a bunch of stuff for the game. We could do stuff right now. Give so, Remedy money. I love Remedy. Just give them all the money. They deserve it. I just want more control. Like, give me more control. Uh, I know I'm happy for you, Alan Wake fans. There will be some control uh, nods in Alan Wake. I want Alan Wake 2 to have Samuel Jackson turn up and say, (laughs) you're part of a bigger universe, you just don't know it yet, Control 2 is coming out next year. That's what I want. (laughs) That would be a weird term, but I'm down for it. (laughs) And I hope they go fast and furious. It'll be like, Control 2, too much control. Control free Tokyo Drift. And on that, you can see it. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed what you listened to, please click on that like, follow, subscribe, whatever button it is that you get more content from Grey Fox Plays. As mentioned, we are going to be dropping Boko content in between episodes. Last week, you had the lovely Hemming soothing us almost like jazz about his love for uh, a little little man called Link and his, uh, his, pro- his problematic relationship with a princess. We are now going to take you to Raccoon City next Friday. Yes, it's going to be me talking about one of the greatest games of all time, Resident Evil 2, the OG. Um, if you've enjoyed that, let us know because we'll keep churning them out because we're quite passionate about making them. Hopefully you can tell that from this pod. We've got Mikey and Moles making theirs in the near future as well. So, this pod drops, then Friday, you get your Boko, then the following week, you get Grey Fox, then the following week, you get Boko, and it just keeps going. Um, so click on that subscribe button so you don't miss a goddamn beat. I want to thank my co-host, my my Chewy to my Han Solo, Mr. Hemming. Thank you so much. I thought you were going to go, oh. if, I could do the, <laughs> if I could do the noise, I would. I can't do the noise. <laughs> Fair enough. My cagney to my lady. <laughs> um, and uh, on that note, we'll see 